Previously on Modula. Bradley, Quinn, and Inverna survived a tough fight against a band of orcs. Bradley had a vision that his fate would lead him to face down the Dragon of Icefire Peak. Back in town, Townmaster Harbin Wester scolded Bradley for not helping Big Al more than he already had, and Bradley fought back, much to the dismay of passerbys and Fandolin. Bradley also shared a sweet conversation with Elsa, but just as things seemed calm, it was announced that Dazlin from the Dwarven Mine had his arm eaten by the roaming dragon. Now Bradley and Quinn prepare themselves to drop off supplies at a nearby loggers camp. Welcome. My name is Luke Job. My name is Thorin George. And this is Modular. The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. These are the pre-written stories made up by the people who made up D&D. We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you. Why would we do that, Luke? Well, Thorin, maybe you're a DM who's thinking about running a particular campaign and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who has already been in this particular campaign, and you want to reminisce on the good old days of playing with your friends, and listening to us allows you to do that. Maybe you are the Joker, in which case, WHERE'S RACHEL? <laughs> we live in a society. So you should be warned, uh, each of our episodes will take on a part of these pre-written adventures. That means there's some major spoilers for the key plot points of the story we're running right now, Dragon of Ice Bear Peak. And Thorin, you need to give them one more warning. Ah, that's right, Luke. Modular is not a podcast for children. It contains explicit language, as well as adult themes like sex, alcohol, drug use, illegal pet fighting, and violence. So please be aware of these not-so-kid-friendly themes. Without further ado, welcome to Modular. And our session 10 of Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. Bradley, after the disturbing news about the mine, the entire bar is pretty somber. For the rest of the night, there's not much casual. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty secret, though. Like I thought she wasn't talking very loud. Like I did. But that's the two owners of the bar. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. All right. Can you just let me paint the picture? Okay. Yeah. Paint the picture. Stop. Paint it. Stop. Okay, to... Van Gogh. You're trying to grab the brush. Just keep your keep your grubby mitts off my brushes. All right. They talk. I'm, I'm the other painter. You're you're not the painter. You're the model, and the the way you turn, and and flex your ass cheek one way or the other, it it changes how I paint. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean that's a really good analogy right there. Thank Let's, you. Uh, so don't touch the yeah. brush, model. All right. Keep your nude ass over there, away from my brushes. It's it's somber, all right. All I'm saying is the rest of the night is uneventful. You go to bed kind of sad. Your your old buddy Dazlin, who who patched you up back in the mine, he's lost an arm because of this fucking dragon. Bradley, do you have any dreams? Yeah, I mean, one day I'd like to, you know, settle down, have some kids, and <laughs> I meant a um, literal dream at night. Oh, uh, like a literal dream, <laughs> like a nappy nappy dream dream. Like a nappy, nappy dream dream. I definitely feel like I would dream of the dragon. Because I was like, I was right there at it, you know? Yeah. Well, you wake up earlier than you usually do, before the sun's risen. You're sweaty, you've taken off your shirt in the middle of the night. 
Does Bradley wear a shirt at night? Is he a nude nude? No, sleeper? he sleeps. He sleeps. He just sleeps in his undies. Oh, in his undies. Okay. Well, you've taken yeah. off your underwear in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, in a, an immense amount of ball sweat. But you get ready for the day. You meet Quinn for breakfast before you're supposed to set off for this loggers camp quest to deliver these supplies. You know that you're going to go over to Barthens, and you're going to take a cart full of supplies through the woods. As you're eating breakfast, the door to the inn swings open, and someone, at this point, you've been in Phandalin long enough, you recognize everybody in town. This guy is not from Phandalin. He walks in, he has a, a, a long gait, kind of a stride about him. He saddles up to the bar, and he says, Botinda, you'll find this wine for me. I need you to make me a perception check. Okay. Perception. 21. Quinn sees this guy, and Quinn grips his mug of ale. He's white-knuckling it. And the guy looks down the bar and says, How do you do? Can I help you with something? I lean over to Quinn and I say, Are you are you good, buddy? Uh, Mr. Copper, I, uh, I know that guy. Um, no, I'm good. Let's get the fuck out of here. Okay. Oh, fuck, what's the bartender's name again? <laughs> Toblin? Toblin, how do I forget that? How do I forget that? I don't know. He's uh, your I friend. say, Toblin, thanks for the breakfast. Uh, we'll catch you later. Oh, well, of course, Mr. Copper. I'll see you around. As you begin to walk out of the bar, this guy says, Oh, you was a Mr. Copper I have heard so much about, yes? I turn around and I say, Yes, uh, Bradley Copper. Actual service. And I give him a slight little bow. He holds out his hand like this, like, well, this is an audio medium. And they can't see what I'm doing with my hand. So he hands out, he holds out his hand like this? Like this. Yeah, like this. Yeah, like this. Okay. Uh, he, he wants you to take his hand. He says, my name is Dobin Noreth. It is a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Copper. Mon- Monsieur Copper. <laughs> uh, it's a... Pleasure as well. I feel like I'm pretty far from him at this point, so I'm not going to yeah, go to his... You're four feet away, and he's just limply holding out his hand. <laughs> and he kind of dangles it like a dead fish. Um, Monsieur Kappa! Uh, I'm not certain what you want me to do here, so... Monsieur, you see this ring, and he, he with his thumb, he points to this ring with a large emerald in it? Yes. He says, perhaps you could kiss my ring. Why would I do that? Because you are such a famous man around these parts. It would bless me with your kiss. Bless me with your kiss, Monsieur Copper. Give me a little kissy. Right on the ring. <laughs> okay. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I lean down and I go... And I, and I do just that. Uh, Quinn, in your ear, kind of says, I really wish you hadn't done that, Mr. Copper. He says, uh, Truly, Monsieur Copper, the pleasure is all mine. I have heard... Of your, your tales of music and, and wonderment, you defeated a manticore that, that gets around, you know what I mean. Uh, I, I I should tell you, though, I have come to Fandolin looking for work, and I took a job off the job board, so um, it seems you are not the only uh, bard in the town uh, anymore. And with that, he pulls out a little pan flute, and, and then he swivels 360 on his bar stool, and he says, What do you think of my pan flute? You know, uh, one bard to another. Could use a little work. Um, he kind of he kind of nods at that and he says, "I like a bit of competition, Monsieur Copper." Elsa walks by with an empty tray of of dishes, and as she walks by, this guy just goes <whistles> and kind of checks her out, and she looks at him and just keeps walking. The guy is pretty handsome. He, of course, has this. Little twirled mustache, little goatee. Um, his his beautiful blonde hair is kind of slicked back, uh, and he's he's. What's his name again? Dobin. 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 Which okay. you, you remember was one of the four voices you heard in your vision. Oh God! I say, well, Dobin. You know, it will be good to have someone to help face down this dragon, won't it? Oh, I have heard about the dragon, Monsieur Copper. It would be the thrill of a lifetime 
to slay such a beast. Yes, it surely would. Uh, anyway, if you don't mind, my friend here and I, we must be off. Uh, Got a big day ahead of us. He looks at Quinn. Make me an insight check. Insight? Ooh, should I have not brought attention to Quinn? Yikes! That's a seven insight? You have no idea if this guy <laughs> recognizes Quinn or not, but he <laughs> he does a little tip to you. He doesn't say anything to Quinn. The two of you leave. Um, as we're walking down to Barthens, I go, how, how exactly do you know that man? Right, Mr. Cooper. Um, oh, Monsieur Norrith, uh, Dobin, uh, more like Dopey, uh, he and I did a, actually did a stint together in, in jail. Uh, we weren't close or nothing. He was obnoxious as fuck, but either way, yeah. Um, did you say in jail? Uh, yeah, Mr. Cooper, I've been to jail. I, 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 I can tell you all about it if you want. I mean, I, you know. It's... I mean, you don't have to. Just tell me. It's just interesting that you know this fellow. Well, yeah, so no, right? That's kind of a tough word. I don't know him personally. I know him in the way of having some obnoxious fuck always playing a pan flute in the prison cell. Uh, he always got favors from the guards. He was well-liked by most oh, people. Oh, so he was your cellmate? He wasn't my cellmate personally, no. He was just in the the same block as me. Oh, okay, okay. I I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but he he's 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 just real obnoxious, and I, and I don't like him at all. And he may have uh, made me kind of feel small at different times in prison. So I, I really don't. I like... mean, you are pretty small. He. But I guess you mean emotionally and not physically. He glares at you and he says, "Obviously, that's what I meant, Mister Copper. You sly son of a bitch." Um. <laughs> And he says, well, Mr. Copper, now that it's out there, I'll just tell you, the only reason I went to prison was a bar brawl, all right? I, you know, I broke one guy's jaw, I broke another guy's nose, and, um, I'm, you know, I was drunk and I got in a fight, and I didn't, I wasn't there for long, um, but, yeah, that's I all. mean, we all get drunk and have fights with people. Amen to that. I mean, truth be told, if we went, you know, if we didn't have anything to do today, I would have punched that smug fucker right in his face. Oh, you didn't but, like him, Mr. Copper, but you kissed his ring. No, he... Um, it's just a pleasantry. Hmm, right. Well, you know, I really hate humans in general, and they, they're all kind of smug. I mean, Toblin's nice. You seem to get on with Elsa pretty well. Also, there's something... seems like maybe you and the old holy woman have something going on. But uh, <laughs> whatever you're into, Mr. Copper, but... I, I do think generally humans are pretty obnoxious. I mean, humans are. I've and come I, to learn... I know you're half-human, so I'm sorry, but... I mean, I, no, it's okay. I'm not going to take any offense to that. Right now, at least. <laughs> humans definitely are some of the more smug people I've met. Um, I haven't seen anyone more full of themselves than a full-blooded human. Um, right. Well... But that's okay, because I'm going to outlist, outlast... Most of the people in this town, age-wise. Uh, as, so. as will I. I think halflings live even older than half-elves. I think they live to be like 300. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah so, Interesting. So if everything goes according to you know, natural progression, uh, Quinn would outlive you for sure. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, while Dobin may be a problem now in 50 years, when we're still, you know, fit as a fiddle, he's going to be, you know, having a broken ribs and other such mangled bodies parts <laughs> should i have taken a long rest uh yeah okay let me do that real quick cool the two of you stride on up to barthen's provision barthen tells you that his clerks have filled two crates with supplies as he hands you a sheet of parchment upon which is written an inventory of the crate's content foodstuffs such as dried meat blocks of cheese and loaves of bread as well as casks of ale and flasks of oil the two heavy crates are loaded onto a two-wheeled cart pulled by an ox. Ah, yes, Mr. Cobber. The ox's name is Vincent. I'll expect to see him and the cart return to me safely. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. One question. In the event that we are attacked by a dragon and the cart or the ox gets destroyed, what would you like us to do? Barthen has, like, a little kid kind of helping him out. The kid, like, he goes, 
like his eyes go wide and he says well, mr barthen i i thought you said the dragon wasn't a threat and oh don't you worry little jimmy i tell you right now that that you that 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 dragon you got nothing to worry about um mr copper you won't have that problem okay and he winks at you okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I know you guys can't see it, but the face that Luke just made, <laughs> it killed me. Uh, audio medium. Okay. The two of you set off, unless there's anything else you want to do in town. No? No, I'm good. I don't think I have any appointments with anyone, right? Mm, not not particularly, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, sh- I, should, be f- I should be fine. Barthen tells you that this journey is going to take two days you won't get there in one day the ox is pretty slow a little old vincent so you're, it's about 50 miles away you can travel about 30 with vincent so the two of you head off and as you're riding along you know a few hours pass and there's not much conversation uh quinn at different times you're driving the cart i presume yeah quinn at different times kind of hops off and uh just kind of stretches his legs because He's just about as fast, and then he kind of jogs back up and hops back on the cart. He yeah. says, um, so, Mr. Copper, you know, bards have this um, this way about them, right? This kind of presumption that they're all, well, horny. Uh, and you, you seem to have taken a liking to uh, Sister Garele and Elsa. Uh, you want to tell me about that? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a bit of a slow worker when it comes to women, um, so I'm, I'm taking my time with them. Hmm. Right. 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 I will say. So uh, I think Dobin would probably call it a, a menage a trois. Is that what you're working on? I mean, if they're interested, <laughs> but otherwise, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's going to come down to that. All right. So you're just. I mean. Who who are you gonna make a move on? You know what's the what's the strategy? I'm a good wingman, Mister Copper. I I'm just I'm kind of I'm kind of reading some vibes right now, um, and I I'm just I'm I'm looking I'm looking at it and I'm I'm seeing the, I'm I'm leveling the playing field if that makes sense. Right. Sure. Okay. Great. Well. Um. Don't 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 worry. Don't worry too much about it. What what about you? Have you seen anyone in town who's caught your eye? You know, there's this halfling widow. I think she runs a farm. Alderleaf might be her name. I don't know. She's a bit older than me, but, you know, cougar can be a bit of fun. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's that, you know, that dwarven woman, Smith, weaponsmith. Who... Oh, right. Yeah, she she planted one right on you. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yes. Oh. You're about to be in absolutely. a... Absolutely. If you hadn't been there, I would have, you know, probably done a little bit more than that. <laughs> my gods, Mr. Copper. Well, yeah, Lanine Greywind, yeah, go for her too. That's definitely, uh, definitely. I don't need to do roll deception with that, right? Oh yeah, cause actually, yeah, do it. Roll deception. Okay. Roll deception. Yeah. I rolled a twenty-five. Oh my god! Yeah, no, you sound like a you sound like a real master of the art. Quinn has Quinn has no idea that you're a virgin. You ride on and on and on until you finally take a rest out in the woods. Is there anything you'd like to talk to Quinn about specifically? Quinn. Right? I wasn't quite truthful to you in the temple. About what? Because I didn't want to freak out you or uh, Inverna. Okay. When I touched that altar, I had an out-of-body experience. Hmm. Okay. And I heard... The voice of some being. I assume it was the god of the temple. Right. Sovereus. Sovereus. God of divination magic. And he gave me a vision. Mm. I was whisked through the sky, through the forests, all the way to the top of that far mountain. And I and I'd point my finger in the direction of the mountain. Right. We can't see it right and now, I Mr. Saw the dragon It's up nighttime. Close. What? It's nighttime. I can't see the mountain. That's fine. You just general direction, um, and I saw the dragon with my own eyes, up close. Hmm. And he told me that I would have to fight it. 
The God told you that? The God told me this, yes. Hmm. And it was... The decisions that I make would determine whether or not I fought it alone or with, a f with friends. Well, Mr. Copper, if you fight that dragon, I'm, I'm going to be by your side. And I hope you are. I just... This is about what I said about my mom, isn't it? No, no, not at all. I Listen, Mr. Copper, I'm not I'm not a coward, okay? I'm not going to just cut and run. I'm going to see me mom again. But uh... I know. I I'm not I'm not worried that you would flee in the middle of a fight. And if you, if you did, I wouldn't hold it against you. I just This is a dragon we're talking about. Right. And I don't know what you remember about when you know, Tiamat almost rose, but that was a scary time for me, it was at least. A scary time um, for all of us. I, I remember thinking, well, <laughs> so much for being an adventurer. <laughs> um, right. But I don't want you to have to put your life on the line if it's not necessary. I understand that, Mr. Cropper. Anyway, it is night time, so I say we get some shut eye. -eye. Let's start bright and early in the morning, before sunrise. Righto. In the morning you wake, and it's not a light dusting. It's about two inches of snow on you. Uh, it snowed <laughs> last night. You get up, you dust yourself off, and you realize that it in fact is still snowing. So I'm out of character. It's really weird to me that Neverwinter is called Neverwinter, because like just you know a few miles shy north, it's like completely tundra so that's weird to me right well you know that it was uh for all the dnt nerds out here i hope i get all this right um there was a mountain called mount hot hot no maybe and it mm -hmm. it it's lava flow underground kept neverwinter from like it always like geothermal energy was always within neverwinter so it always stayed warm like the river that flowed uh... the river that flowed into Neverwinter was always like warm water, um, but then okay, that makes sense. But then I think like fifty years before this adventure, the volcano erupted, and um, that no longer happens. So Neverwinter is not really Neverwinter anymore, and it actually can like snow now. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting facts. Interesting <laughs> geology lesson there. Professor? Uh, of course, yes, kids. Uh, and if you want to learn more, go on to wikipedia.com. It's where I learn all my uh, tips and tricks. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you and Vincent, uh, the ox, head out. And, a, you know, around evening, uh, sun's starting to set. Uh, you, you're both getting a little chilly because it's been snowing this whole time. The trail is uh, covered in snow. Uh, I actually need one of you to make me a survival check. So Quinn can make it or you can make it. I've got a plus three. What does Quinn have? Uh, plus two. Okay, so I'll make it. Thirteen. You know, you're at risk of losing your way, but you do not. Uh, and, and Vincent keeps steering you in the right direction. You are now fully in Neverwinter Wood. And you remember uh, meeting the hunters, Rabiah and Wilhelm, and they told you that Neverwinter Wood was very hard to navigate. Uh, but you're, you're doing all right navigating it. About 60 feet ahead of you, a wild boar stands in a small clearing of trees. The boar glares at you suspiciously. Can I do an insight? Uh, make me either insight or animal handling. I've got better insight. 23 insight that boar is suspicious of you it it does not like seeing you here um and as you kind of study it it snorts and then it takes off it darts into the woods do you see that boar just kind of staring at us like mean mugging us <coughs> oh sorry mr copper i i fell asleep there for a second what'd you say it, oh that's that's you're getting bored I'm bored too. No, no, it's it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Um, you can go back to sleep. I'll, I'll keep on. Gods, should have brought a book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should have brought some warmer clothes for sure. Yeah, he he's kind of bundled up um, with some of the blankets that were in the crate. He's like bundled up with them. Um, 
As are you, likely. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I've got I've got one wrapped around me. As this as the sun is setting, you come into what is very clearly this logging camp. The camp spreads along the south shore of the river, where a dozen tents are arranged on a sandy beach. Near a dock stands a cabin with logs stacked under an awning. Older cabins close by have been torn down to leave only stone chimneys and foundations. A grim silence hangs over the camp, and you see no one around. So you know this... You've gone straight north. Yeah. And Neverwinter is now to your west. This river flows west, so they literally put boats full of logs from here and just send them straight to Neverwinter. And just send them straight to Neverwinter? But right now... It seems eerily abandoned, snowy. There's like ice is starting to form on the river. And you're just kind of creeping into this camp, coming from the west, like southwest to northeast. Um, I'm going to shake Quinn awake. Hey, I'm going to hop off and check some things out. You keep the cot safe. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to hop off and go. Uh, there, So there are intact buildings, though, right? Yes, so you see some of both. Um, off to your back left, you see two ruined cabins. And then up kind of ahead of you and to the right, there's another ruined cabin. But then due north, which is your left, there looks like a rather large building that's still intact. It's It's got the awning and it's got the logs under it. And then off, like straight ahead of you, which is east... Uh, there's what looks like a circle of tents and what was once a, uh, like, fire pit that's now burnt out. Okay. I'm going to go to the big building and I'm going to, you know, just knock on the door. Okay. You walk up to this large cabin. Uh, Quinn is still in sight of you, by the way. He's... Yeah. Um, so you're not really too... You're probably, like, 70 feet off from him. Uh, but, you know, a good shout. He could come running. You knock on the door, and you don't hear anything outright. Make me a perception check. Perception. 22. You, there was a slight noise in this cabin. You heard, it sounded like a person went, <gasps> Bradley Copper, I'm coming from Fandolin. I have some supplies for you. Please, please help. Please, please help me. Um, I'm going to try and open the door. All right. Door opens up. Uh, okay. You walk into a, a rather large room, and you don't see anyone. There's another door uh, just further north now ahead of you, uh, and it looks closed. Um, and the voice is, oh, um, This is Tybor Wester speaking. Um, I've locked myself in the office to, to protect myself. Protect yourself from what? As you say that... The floor of this room, it's kind of like dirt and like wooden patched floor of this room, explodes. I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, fuck. Explodes? Explodes outward as something is breaching the ground and coming up to the surface. Okay. 17. 17. You save. You don't fall prone. You kind of get pushed uh, up against this wall. A hideous... Ten-legged insectoid creature crawls out of the ground. It's got these uh, antenna flittering all about. These eyes all dart to you. Its mandibles open and shut rapidly, and you see acid is dripping from its jaw. I need you to roll initiative. Cool. Let me roll initiative really quick. I got eighteen. On initiative. Nice. Uh, Brad, uh, Quinn heard this. Uh, so he's also okay. rolling initiative. He rolled like shit on initiative. You are going first. This is an Ankeg. Ankeg. Uh, I'm going to say, Quinn! <laughs> Quinn, a little help here! Uh, you shout out to Quinn. Uh, that's free action. Uh, what do you do? So, it's a weird creature first thing i'm gonna do is i'm going to i'm gonna cast uh i haven't really got to use this yet i'm gonna cast dagger or uh shatter on the ankeg and it needs to make a constitution saving throw all right that is a 14 total okay let me see what happens 
going to take half damage. It just got the saving throw. 8 plus 7, that's 15 plus 2. 17 damage, so half to... 9? 8? 8. It kind of shudders with this noise uh, that you just let rip out. Um, what would you like to do now? You got a bonus action? You want to move? Um. Yeah, I'm going to... Is there a way I can get around it and go in front of the door of uh, t- Torben? Tybor. Tybor? Uh, you could get around it via incurring an attack of opportunity. I don't really want to do that because it's got, you know, acid. So let me see it's any that, bonus action. acid breath. Yeah, I'm not a big acid fan. Um, I can't do anything. So. Okay. This thing bounds towards you. Okay. Just hissing. Uh, it's it's kind of similar to the big bad from Men in Black, but not a cockroach. Uh, just a weird. Just okay. Weird kind of insect thing, but it's big. It's big boy. Okay. Gotcha. And first. Oh uh, fuck. All right. Uh, it tries to bite down onto your, just like right into your chest. You side skirt and it kind of just smacks its head into the wall. Um, it rolled in that one and it takes oh, four points of damage as it just crushes, uh, you know, a, a chunk of this log cabin trying to bite you. So with that, Quinn shouts out to you, I'm coming, Mr. Copper. He begins sprinting towards you unfortunately he is not gonna be (laughs) getting there right away uh full dash action uh puts him about 20 feet behind you damn so that's his turn it's back to you cool uh so i'm gonna take this opportunity uh, as it kind of just hit its head Mm -hmm. i'm gonna pull out my mace and i'm gonna try and smack down on it okay that's gonna be a 11 to hit does not hit. Uh, you Fuck. you hit, and it bounces off this thing's tough exoskeleton, and it turns, and it... Are you done with your turn? Yeah, I'm going to be done with my turn. Uh, it bites down at you, and you kind of just shove your mace forward. It bites under the metal and reels back. Uh, it did not hit you again. Hell yeah. Quinn rushes in through the door and says, Get the fuck away from him, and tries to punch it right in its side. God, I'm rolling like ass. Quinn just exoskeleton, his hand like just literally recoils, and he does yeah. no damage to this thing. It's your turn. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Would have been a lot. Oh, I hate <laughs> these fights where everybody misses. <laughs> so what are you doing? Um, I'm gonna try and hit it with my mace again. Okay. That's 16 to hit. That hits. Nice. That's seven points of damage. Nice. Okay. This uh, this thing kind of reels a little bit, and it now has its focus on Quinn. Uh, hits Quinn. No, it misses Quinn. Rolled a 15, needed a 16. Quinn's chainmail oh, yeah. holds true. It kind of just gnaws on some metal, pulls its head back, thinks it hit him. Uh, it did nothing to him. Uh, Quinn says... Keep your disgusting mouth off of me. Quinn misses. <laughs> um, I can't roll for shit. Quinn uh, blindly swings back at this thing. It dodges, and it's back to you. Uh, so as a bonus action, I'm going to say, Quinn, you have to stop missing. Here. You have to stop missing this thing, please. <laughs> and I give him bardic inspiration from that. Okay, cool. Um, and then I'm going to try and hit with my d- uh, mace one more time. Okay. That's... 20 to hit, a dirty 20. Dirty 20 hits. Cool. And then that's, that's three damage. Okay, not much. Uh, you kind of clip this thing, and it tries to bite down Quinn. Hits Quinn. Quinn takes... I'm going to uh, use... Um... Cutting words? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to use cutting words. So I roll a d6... 
it takes away one point yeah. from its roll. Quinn is still hit. You, what do you shout at this thing? I shout, "Hey, over here! Over here! And Look it, over here!" It just, it kind of turns, but a little too late. It's now bit into him. Um, so Quinn takes total. Fuck. Quinn takes thirteen points of damage as he's bit. Uh, and then this thing lifts him up and it's holding him in its mouth. It's not going to try and bite anymore. It's going to try and squeeze and just bite him in half. So it can't, it can't target you as long as he's in this thing's mouth. He's grappled by it, but it will have advantage on biting him over and over again. Quinn, uh, says, thanks for the help, Mr. Copper. Uh, I can't risk it. And he pulls out what he has not used yet. His clockwork amulet so instead of rolling he's going to take a 10 on the die plus six is a hit so that he automatically does i forgot he had that oh me too buddy i just remembered (laughs) um (laughs) he does seven points of damage this thing as he cracks it in between the eyes or in between some of its eyes it kind of reels and he's going to make a strength save to get out of this thing's grasp he succeeds it reels it drops him he lands on the ground and he's kind of covered in acid and there's some blood coming out of his ribs uh but he's okay that is back to you bradley you know i really hate bugs i say as i try to smack it again with my mace a 12 12's a miss uh as you say you hate Um, bugs wait you got but i'm also going to as a bonus action say, but I care for you deeply to Quinn, and I'm going to use and that's going to be my healing word. All right. Um, so he's going to get five uh, points of health back. Nice. All right, he's back up to 24. Some of that blood recedes into him. He kind of winks at you, and then this thing attacks you. Uh, 17 to hit. I'm going to use my another cutting words. Okay. I'm going to say, you can't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> And I rolled another one! Uh, so 16 to hit. That hits. Yes? Yeah, it hits. You can't hit me. It gets hit anyway. You take 12 points of piercing damage and 2 points of acid damage. Lovely. Totaling 14. I love it. Uh, and now love you are hit. in this thing's mouth grappled. Uh, love getting hit. Please give me more damage, daddy. <laughs> Quinn kind of yanks his arm back and tries to punch this thing once more. Nat 20. Good. Good. Quinn realizes that this thing has a soft underbelly. As you were hoisted into the air, he just cocks his arm back and he plants his gauntlet deep up into this thing's abdomen yanks back down its guts spill out onto the floor and it collapses to the ground letting go of you and you've killed this ant keg holy shit mr copper that was a big bug Uh, it still only counts as one (laughs) good one uh what do you do tybor the bug's dead he calls out and he says well uh i saw um uh, if you if you are ma- Master Copper, as, as my older brother sent word, uh, you should know that I, I actually saw three of those things wandering around this camp. You're joking with me, right? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not joking. Uh, I, I don't know where they came from, but they killed uh, twelve of my men. In fact, uh, they ripped them apart piece by piece, and I ran and hid here. And luckily, I'm alive. I saw a lot of carnage. I'm gonna need therapy for the rest of my life. Um, but there are 12 of them, and if you could take care of them, that would be great. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you came to drop off supplies? Yes. And you have a sheet of parchment that I need to sign to let my brother know that I got the supplies? Yes. Yes, I'm not going to sign that until you get rid of those. All right, we'll, uh, we'll be back. Okay. You and uh, Quinn walk out the door, and Quinn says, All right, what the fuck is going on? Why are these things even here? I don't know. I don't... I've never seen these before in my life. Uh, I haven't either, but... Gods, I mean, that one took a hell of a chunk out of both of us. We have to fight two more? You think we can we do it? kill two more of those things? Is there a way? Like, is that... 
A way we can just send them somewhere else? Uh, I mean, we could look around. But then, also, that one really got, got a good surprise out of you, so you never know what you're going to find. I mean, it might ambush us, but we could still it look... It did burst from the ground, so we know that they can dig underground, so it could be literally anywhere. Well, let's... I say if we want to draw one out, let's go... Let's go stomp on something. Go stomp on some dirt, make a bunch of uh, rumbles in the ground. Draw its attention. Uh, he says, you, you just want to try and draw one out right now? You don't want to try and look around? I mean, yeah, let's look around first. I guess. So judging from where you are, you could go check out the dock that's onto the river. There's in a one of the kind of crumbled cabins in front of you. There's two crumbled cabins behind you. And then you actually see, you're kind of up on a hill where this little cabin is. There, uh -huh. there are two different circles uh, where these tents are. So like two different tent circles and, and kind of old fire pits. So there, that's one, okay. two, three, four, five places you could check out. I'm going to go... I say we check out the dock by the river first. All right, perfect. The two of you walk over here. Um, there's a rowboat tied to this uh, tied to this dock, and it kind of just looks out over this snowy river. Um, you kind of get a chill standing here. But otherwise, you just see that Boats can be marooned here to pick up logs, but otherwise nothing's going on out here. All right, well, there's nothing out here, Quinn. Um, I say let's go check out the tent circle. All right, the one closest to you, you kind of walk along this river's edge, and uh, it's it's very clearly a the north camp. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and make me an investigation check. Investigation? Yeah. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Uh, looking around this fire pit, there is there's some blood, not much, but some. Uh, there are five tents here. Obviously, five loggers were working here uh, and staying in these tents. There's also some of the sand has been like kind of messed up, and there's footprints leading all around. There was very clearly a struggle here, and you see this one bit of sand kind of dipping into the earth and Quinn looks at you and he says, Mr. Copper, those, those things dragged them underneath the earth to kill them. And you know, that's exactly what happened. The way the blood is set up, the way it kind of leaves this drag pattern and then is gone. They were dragged underneath the earth and, and eaten by these things. That's fucking terrifying. Um, it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's not let I that throw, happen to us. Can I throw a rock into the middle of that uh, pit? Uh, yeah. You don't need to roll for it. You throw it, and it just kind of lands. Nothing happens. Okay. Uh, Quinn goes near it, and he kind of takes a stick and pokes at it. Mr. Copper, if this was a tunnel, it's been collapsed. Maybe these things are smarter than we give them credit for. Right, maybe. Um, okay, so, all right. They just show up to eat these guys because, what, it's it's easy pickings? I mean, there's a lot of people here, right? He said they killed 12 people. I feel like that's kind of a bold move for these creatures. Absolutely. So where's their natural habitat? I don't know. Uh, let's keep looking about. So from here, you're close to one of the abandoned houses and uh, the other tent circle. I'm going to go check out... Uh... I mean, we might as well check out the other tent circle before we go into any abandoned houses. Okay. But first... Well, the, the, I... You're not really going in. They're, like, collapsed. Like, the oh. walls are collapsed. Okay. You can see into them. Yeah, but first, I want to uh, I want to do first-level cure wounds on both me and Quinn. Okay. So, I regain 12 hit points, right. and Quinn <laughs> regains 5. All right. That's okay. You're both... He's at 29, you're at 30. So, pretty good. So, going to this, this south camp. Yeah. Uh, all right, go ahead and make me another investigation check. Another investigation? Mm-hmm. Nine. Nine. You're kind of walking around. There's seven tents here. So, this must have been where the other seven guys were hanging out, sleeping, these loggers. Quinn is kind of poking his head in these tents. Oh, sorry. You said... Uh, sorry. 
not nine, eight investigation. Doesn't affect it. You didn't find the secret okay. here. You and Quinn are kind of walking about. Uh, you're on opposite ends of this camp. And as you're walking, both like footholds where you're about to step explode out from underneath each of you. I need you to make me dex saves. Quinn got a nat 20. Nice. Look at him go. Let's hope I roll as well. I got a 12. Okay. You still succeed. Uh, you kind of skirt back as this thing explodes out from underneath you. And uh, we're going to keep the, the same initiative order. So you uh, jump back. There's an ant in front of you and in front of Quinn. And it is your turn. So it's the same one or it's two? No, these are two, the other two. two different. Yeah, the other two. Love it. Cool. I'm going to... I'm going to cast Thunderwave. Okay. Second level. Okay. So it needs to make a constitution save. That is a five total. Five total? Cool. It takes 15 points of damage and gets pushed uh, 10 feet away from me. All right. Instead of pushing it 10 feet away from you, this thing is built kind of like a, it's kind of like a rising serpent kind of build. So it, okay. it, when it's pushed, it naturally rolls and it lands on its back prone. Uh, and it, you see that when it's knocked prone, there's no exoskeleton on its underbelly. When it's prone, yeah. when it's prone, it has a lower AC. Hell um, yeah. Cool. Any bonus actions? Bonus actions. I'm just gonna fuck. I don't know. You're gonna fuck. I should... Yeah, I'm gonna fuck this thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if I should do another bardic because Quinn still has my bardic inspiration, right? Yeah. Okay, then yeah, then I'm not gonna do anything. Okay. Uh, this thing uses half its movement to stand up. Uh. And then, because it was right next to you. Actually, would would you say the other one is in a 15-foot cube area of, of me? The other one? Yeah, the other one. No, the other one is 50 feet from you. It's, it's oh, okay. wide, okay. big circle. Like, you know, it's these, big these tents okay. people are sleeping in. So you, you two are like 50 feet away from each other. Gotcha. So, now we'll say this. When that thing was knocked back, you could move backwards if you wanted to try and get some distance between um, you. Then, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna try and move backwards some. So this thing spends half its movement standing up, and then the other 15 feet moving towards you, it dashes, and it's now right in front of you again, but that's all it can do. Okay. So th this thing, you're just further north than you were before. Um, but it, it can't attack you this turn. Gotcha. Quinn, on the other hand, can be attacked. He is hit. He takes 12 points of damage. And he is once again hoisted into the air. And he says, God be damned, get the fuck off of me. Um, he is going to first try and punch this thing. That would be a miss. He's going to add his bardic inspiration. Mr. Copper, you've inspired me! And he punches this thing right in one of its eyes. He does seven points of damage to it. And now he's going to make a strength check. He fails that. He is still in this thing's mandibles. Um, back to you, Bradley. Would you say that the two ant kegs are within a straight line of each other? Looking at this map, if that moved 30 feet up, I'll say... That if you're willing to take an attack of opportunity, you can position yourself so that they're in a straight line of one another. Then that's what I'm going to do. All right, this thing attacks you. You're quick. You just skirt right past it. It bites down. Uh, you duck down. And now you have these two things in a straight line. Oh, my power just flickered. Um, cool. Love that. I'm going to cast... I'm going to use my second lightning bolt. Your charm of the storm, gifted yeah, my to charm you of the storm. by Talos. So, right. how many D eight is that again, or D six? It's eight D six. Eight D six. So I and can't find what, my other dice. What? So I'm just gonna have to roll these three D six multiple times. That's okay. And then you need to make a Dex save or a Con save. Dex. 
I think it's decks, yeah. So two, four, seven. Plus three is 10. Plus eight is 18. 18 so total? So they will take 18 damage if they don't succeed, and then half as much if they do. All right, that doesn't kill either one of them, but this, once again, this powerful... Uh, lightning ability that you you've gained through the evil god of of talos it it arcs out of your chest and through your hands smashing into each of them uh one of them the one you're fighting looks about dead the other one that quinn's fighting is still hanging on for life as they both take this damage this one in front of you attacks you and hits you You take 11 points of damage as Total. this thing yep as this thing bites into you and picks you up and this other one with advantage attacks oh attacks quinn and got a net i'm gonna 20. do uh cutting words even though i picked up i'm gonna say don't you dare hurt my friend okay and it takes five off of that roll five off of it so that's still a dirty 20 um god damn it so he gets hit, but it's not going to be a crit. So you may have just saved his life. All right. He takes 15 points of damage as this thing sinks its mandibles deeper into his sides. He has two HP left. Fuck. Quinn wincing says, thanks, Mr. Cobble. Oh, and he just blindly kind of punches down. Uh, he hits, though. Uh, and does eight points of damage. This thing is not dead. He's going to make his strength save. And he fails that. He's still in this thing's jaws. Fuck. And he's got two HP left. It is your turn. Quinn is in big danger, but you still have one right in front of you. As a bonus action, I'm going to say, You're not going down today, Quinn! Not today! And I'm going to use a second level healing word on him. All right. That's that's eleven uh, total hit points back. All right, he's back up to thirteen. He kind of presses against this this thing's mandibles as he's still fighting for life. And what's your action? My action is I'm just gonna I guess I have my mace out. Uh huh. So I'm gonna try and you know hit it bonk it on the head. You know? Uh, all right. Like little bunny foo-foo. 12 to hit, which is a miss. That's a miss. Fuck. Uh, kind of clips this thing, and it tries to bite back down onto you. Can I do a strength check to see if I escape its mandibles? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot you were already in its mandibles. Yeah, so make me a strength check. Seven. All right. This thing's attacking with advantage. Hits you once more. You take 15 points of damage. Okay. I'm down to four. This thing is... It's its the same exact thing that's happening to both of you. You're both being just squeezed to death by this thing's jowls. This other one does the same to Quinn. Nat 20. Are you out of cutting words? I'm out of cutting words. I can't believe I just rolled another net 20. Uh, this thing squeezes just a little bit harder. You hear multiple cracks and snaps as Quinn's ribs are broken. And this thing drops him lifeless. Uh, he hits the ground. He will be making death saving throws. It is your turn. Fuck. <sighs> Fuck. <sighs> I'm... Fuck. 
Okay. I have to, I mean, I have to do this. It's gonna... I say, Quinn! Get up! I know you still have fight in you! And I'm gonna cast a uh, first level healing word, and that's my last first level heal, uh, spell slot. So I'm out of spell okay. slots. Um, that's eight damage, or eight health. Alright, Quinn saddles back up. His ribs are definitely still broken. He's aching, and he says, Alright, Mr. Copper. And that's my bonus action. So as my action, I'm gonna attempt to hit this thing that's got me in its mouth with my maze. Alright. A natural 20! A natural fucking 20! <laughs> we love to see it. Okay, roll your damage. It's gonna be 8 damage. How does this thing die? I say, Quinn, get up! Get up! Or whatever I said. Him standing inspires you, as you see he's still alive. My mace, and it's like slow motion. What does my mace look like again? It's got, it's like a standard mace, but it's got this like sea serpent kind of wrapped around it, uh, giving this like extra bit of edge. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's really happening, but the, the eyes of the sea serpent and my eyes start to glow red. Um, <laughs> and as I hit the mace or onto the Ankeg's head, its head just <laughs> explodes. Perfect. This thing goes down, you fall to the ground, uh, and... And I'm going to use my uh, 30 feet of movement to get closer to the other one. Alright, you start running towards the other one. 30 feet of movement's not going to get you there, but you're getting close to it. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. But it's not worried about you. It's worried about Quinn... Uh, it bites at Quinn. You watch as this thing's mouth opens up and goes right for Quinn. He's hunched over and he's holding his ribs and it's about to sink its mandibles back down onto his neck. And he says, call an ambulance, Mr. Copper, but not for me. And he... (laughs) He does a Mario punch right up into this thing's mouth. His hand explodes this thing's head, and it falls to the ground dead. He kind of stumbles, wipes some blood off of his face, and says, Good work, Mr. Copper. Uh, he he obviously hit with his attack, and the thing missed with its attack. So, uh, Hell yeah. He got, a, he got a sick burn in there as he killed this thing. The two of you kind of stumble down to the ground, just kind of sit next to each other. Quinn puts his head on your arm, and he says, Oh, Mr. Copper, we really get into a bit of trouble, don't we? We do. But we got to get inside. This snow's going to be the death of us. As it's Let's snowing on you... Tide Bowl's okay. Uh, the two of you stand. You look down at this Ankeg's neck... And there are three lightning bolts carved into its neck. Modular is Thorin George's Bradley Copper, and Luke Job is our DM. The story you heard today, as well as 99% of the characters, were created by Wizards of the Coast and can be found in the module Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music, and you can find his website link in the description of this very episode. You can follow us on Twitter at ModThePod, join our private Facebook group at the Modular Podcast Fan Club, Follow us on Instagram at The Modular Podcast, follow us on TikTok at The Modular Podcast, and subscribe to us on YouTube at The Modular Podcast. Here's a quick shout-out to Andrea Medina, Joanna Luna, and Devin Samara. 
they all follow us on Instagram. And because they follow us on Instagram, they earned this holy title to be called out in our very outro and have me personally say, I love them and I love their support. So if you want some shout outs, if you want to be called out into the universe and uh, have your name forever written on the podcast walls, why don't you follow us on Instagram? New episodes come out every Tuesday. And until then, thank you for listening to Modular.